Well, hello. Welcome to Leesburg Talk Podcast. Today, sitting on the table that we have, <laughs> we have Courtney. Hey. Sammy. Yes, sir. David. Hello. Matthew. Yo. And myself. How is everyone doing? Great. Staying I'm, go- I'm wonderful. Side. I'm looking on the bright side of life. That's right. That's right. Got to look on the bright side <laughs> all the time. Uh, you know, we are getting super close to Christmas. In what? fact, what? So that's right. In fact, this is the last podcast of the year. You got to be kidding me. 2020 is over. Kidding. 2020 Praise will be God over this last podcast uh, for the year. We're going into <laughs> Christmas and then uh, we're going to be shut down until January. With our podcast, we'll relaunch January, the first week of January. Corny's giving me the look like, no, that's not what we talked about. <laughs> but not I what think we talked it about is. yesterday. We've got this podcast that's going to be going out the On week Christmas. of Christmas. And then the next week, we won't have a podcast. The next week, we will. Okay. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> that's that's happening. And so we want to say. Executive decision. Uh, <laughs> done. Decision <laughs> done. made. Merry uh, Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Uh, Christmas, one of the cool things we're doing this Christmas is kind of what we do every Christmas, and that is a Christmas Eve service. And what? we have two of them. That's right, folks. Two of them. Uh, two Christmas Eve services, one starting at 6 p.m., the other starting at 11. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a sign being held up because I'm terrible <laughs> with times. Thank you, David. You're welcome. Uh, John's just going to be there all day. Yeah, yeah, I'm just going to be there all day, and uh, uh, if you want to come at three, <laughs> well, you'll be alone. <laughs> With John. <laughs> With me, which is terrifying. Um, uh, so two Christmas services. T- Sammy, tell us, what should one expect for these Christmas services? Well, we're all wearing onesies. Correction. <laughs> <laughs> Some of us should not wear onesies. No, we're not. I'm kidding. Sammy's uh, wearing a onesie. Well, yeah, it was kind of a joke, but anyway, uh, we're, we do want you to kind of come comfortably modest <laughs> when you come. Don't feel like you have to get dressed up for this event. We want you to f- come as a family whenever it's convenient for you, uh, either at 6 or 11. <clears throat> but the good news is, and, the, and what's so, uh, you know, it's a very special time of the year, of course, and special service, because what we're going to do is we're going to focus on uh, the birth of our Savior. And so we're going to have a testimony. We're going to have uh, great special music, fantastic music's lined up. And I'm really excited about that. Um, we're going to have Lord's Supper that we're going to take together. Um, and then we're going to also have a candle lighting ceremony at the, at the close of our service. Fantastic. So it'll be really good. The kids uh, will be involved in the service as well. Both Children. identical services. Yep. So just choose one. Yep. Um, yeah, so that's happening. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Courtney, what are you getting for Christmas? Me? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Sammy, what are you getting for Christmas? A hippopotamus. David, what are you getting for Christmas? Uh, you know, I, re- I usually know this, but I I don't this year. It's going to be a total nice. surprise, which is kind of fun. Awesome. Yep. Matthew? I think I'm getting a bed. Nice. I, think nice. we're ge- I think we're getting a new mattress. <laughs> I think we both are just like, you know what? It's time. Our mattress sucks. Yeah. We need a new one. Nice. So Let me tell you a funny. Tempur-Pedic? I, I, we don't know yet. Sleep number? We're, we're just going to go pick a great one out and hopefully both be happy with it. Listen, <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying Santa you Claus is bringing it. It's going to be a surprise. Right? Hey, I'm just right. saying, yeah, talk to Santa. But have you all seen the sleep number with the air cool? Uh, yes. Uh, I mean, Man. I have. <laughs> I, if I ever 
want to invest in a mattress. If you ever win the lottery. and Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Man, that air cool system on the nice. sleep number is sweet. Yeah. Like, sometimes I'll go to the... <laughs> This is gonna sound really weird, but sometimes I'll, I'll like when I'm waiting for Amanda and she's shopping somewhere you else, go lay I'll go over those. and I'll just be like, I'll talk to the guy about, yeah, I'm really thinking about buying one of these. Can I lay on it? <laughs> John's John's at the mattress store like kicking tires. And- <laughs> <laughs> Would you look at that? I mean, they say Santa knows when you're sleeping. I'm just hoping he knows my sleep number. This year. <laughs> good, that's good. That's good. This that's podcast good. sponsored by Sleep Number. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'll tell you a funny Christmas story real quick. So the other day. I said, I only buy one gift. Usually I just buy for Sheree, right? My wife. So I, um, she takes care of all the other crap or, or all the other stuff. So anyway. Um, gifts. Buying gifts, yeah. So anyway, so I asked her, I said, honey, what do you want for Christmas? And, I, and she said, you already got it. And I said, I did. She goes, yeah, I ordered it two weeks ago. It'll be here this week. <laughs> She's going to say, by the way, thank you. <laughs> and I said, Merry Christmas. You're welcome. Yeah. You're welcome. Isn't that the best way? I said, that's great. Yeah. I love this method. This is yeah. perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Christmas time is here. I thought maybe today we would talk a little bit. Uh, well, I'm sorry. I'm skipping segment. Yeah, you are. What's what's, what's up wrong with you? you? I'm you are, sorry. Is it I'm got you off. all out of whack? It's Christmas just, time. Yeah, you're excited. And excited. Sleep deprived. That's and right. All those kinds of things. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you know, uh, one of the things that we really need to, to focus in on mm-hmm. is wisdom. Yeah. And right now in this segment, we're going to get a little bit of it because David is going to mm-hmm. tell us what he knows. Okay. I was surprised to learn this week that Jingle Bells was originally a Thanksgiving song. What? So when somebody says there are no good Thanksgiving songs, you can tell them there used to be. Until Christmas stole stole Jingle Bells. It used to be, the title used to be One Horse Open Sleigh. And it was performed, written by James Lord Pierpont, which is an awesome name. Uh, And it was written and performed for his church's Thanksgiving concert. In the 1800s, so wow, and there you go, and and same words, same just words, different title, just yeah, just switch the title, and yeah, Christmas. I guess it's it. because global warming. It used to snow at <laughs> Thanksgiving, be. and now it doesn't. Could be, it. I guess. So we can't blame it all on Christmas. It's clearly global warming. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you, <laughs> global warming? You've done it again. <laughs> Man, I had another f- interesting fact about uh, zombie mushrooms that I was reading, but yeah. it didn't quite fit our. It didn't quite fit what we're going well, on. Sure, it does. I still want to know. Okay, <laughs> all right. It was. Inquiring it's one of the weirdest things. Okay, so there's a tropical fungus called, and I'm going to butcher this so hard. Awesome. Ophiocordyceps. Oh bad. yeah, that's what, it. say it again. Say it again. Orpheo. Cordyceps. It infects ants' central nervous systems. By the time that the fungi have been in the insect's body for nine days, they have complete control over the host's movements. Here's what it causes the ants to do. Forces the ants to climb trees, convulse, and fall into the cool, moist soil below where fungi thrive. So that is how it self-perpetuates and knows that it's going to continue to grow is that it causes ants to want to climb up a cool tree, convulse, fall off, and yeah. That. Zombie mushrooms. 
be sounds a lot like COVID for ants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Zombie mushrooms. That is w- so wild. Yeah. What is it called again? Yeah, yeah. Say it again, David. <laughs> well, I just uh, the craziest thing to me is that you I said the I name of the thing and also fungi. Yes. Mm. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Ophio. Cordyceps. It's the type of fungus that, yep. And that is according to readersdigest.com. So it's got to be true. It's got sources. Look it up for yourself. Hashtag fact check this. (laughs) Yeah. So speaking of Christmas. Speaking of. (laughs) Speaking of. Well, speaking of Christmas, did you know that mistletoe is a parasite plant? Did you know that? Did not. Do you all see it growing in trees? Oh, it's yeah. It's in the little yeah. white yeah. bulb. Yeah. That actually grows because birds go there and do their business, and they transfer it through that. It is a parasite plant. Nice. So when you're kissing under mistletoe, you're actually kissing under bird droppings. Don't ruin this for me, Sammy. <laughs> I'm just telling you, it's true. <laughs> fa la 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 That's good. Yeah, that's how it gets transferred from tree to tree. Here's the little bird poop. You want to kiss under it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, what'd you expect? I love it. Hey, you know, Christmas time is here, and maybe we should talk about Jesus for a second. Um, oh, guys, I would like to talk a little bit today about our favorite Christmas passage. Our favorite Christmas passage in the Bible. Uh, who wants to jump off and start us I off? I can start. Corny, what is your favorite Christmas passage? Mine is Isaiah 9-6, which is used a lot, but it's still good. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called my Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And I just like that because it's a foretelling to Israel about the coming of the Messiah, but also the second coming of the Messiah, which is really exciting to think about it is that is neat isaiah 49 isaiah 9 6 that's what i meant <laughs> 9 6 <laughs> see my issue is not just with times with numbers <laughs> isaiah 9 6 that's neat that's neat samuel what's yours well um well well uh i like um as i mentioned to you earlier galatians 4 4 <laughs> and it says in the fullness of time, which is also translated at just the right time, mm-hmm. God sent his son, born of a woman, with uh, the law on his shoulders. So um, subject to the law, however you want to translate it. But the cool part of it to me is is that God's timing is always perfect. Yeah. And uh, while it seems like that, when you read the narrative of the birth of Christ, it seems like there's a lot out of whack in terms of you know what's going on and the tenseness and the pressure and the stress the reality is it was perfect timing because god's timing is always perfect so it often makes me reflect on things going on today that you know i, I question maybe sometimes why is this happening now or why is this happening to me now or whatever maybe it's god's perfect timing working it out in such a way that i can't really see that's good which is what faith is all about right yeah. trust you know, one of the things that stands out with actually both of your verses, because they go really well together in that sometimes that timing doesn't make sense from our perspective, right? That's right. Like, we're like, what 
how in the world could you be working in this or through this or whatever? Sometimes our, we lack that perspective. Well, according to your passage in Isaiah 9, mm-hmm. um, kind of is like that as well. When Isaiah first writes that, you know, there's some question debate as to what he was talking about specifically, right? Was he looking forward to the Messiah? Did he know that he was prophesying about the Messiah mm-hmm. as he penned that? Um, that passage is also, if I'm not mistaken, quoted in the Gospel of Luke, I believe. Part, part of it. Part yeah. of it, right. Um, so, so the big question is, did the Old Testament uh, prophets understand and have the foresight of God's sending the Messiah and this passage is referring to him? There's some debate about that. Sammy, your passage, at just the right time. Um, and the idea of perspective. Sometimes we can only look back. And I, I, I think that Luke, for example, when he's writing his gospel account, he's looking back at the Old Testament, Isaiah 9, and saying, oh, yeah, that's that's pointing forward. You know, We didn't realize it maybe at the time, but that's pointing forward to the Christ. Sometimes the best perspective is looking back in life and saying, man, I didn't see God there, but wow. Well, it's really the only been. perspective we have with, right. except for the trust of the future. You know, in the Hall of Fame of Faith in Hebrews, when it talks about all the people that did everything of faith, I love the ending to that after he goes through the list, you know, by faith Abraham and Noah and all these guys did what they did. Uh, but then he says, even though they never saw the fulfillment of the promise, uh-huh. they saw it from afar. Yeah, That's, that's a really cool passage yeah. because that's how we are expected to live as well. We, we, you know, we can't really put all the, the, the math together on when Jesus is going to come back, for example. Right. But we see it from a distance, and we believe it, and that's what they did, and that's why they were deemed as people of faith. Yeah. They trusted. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of what that's about, I think. It's kind of cool. But, yeah, it would have been – I've often wondered to myself, you know, we're, I'm sure as we go through this, we'll learn more of these passages, but – you know, how would I have responded had I been alive and saw those events unfold the way they yeah. did around the birth of Christ? I, th- I think we all like to think that we would be yeah, um, all in devout followers of Jesus or whatever. Um, nah, I, th- I think we like to be very optimistic about ourselves, right? <laughs> I, I do that with me. Like I'm like, yeah, Peter. Peter denied Jesus. I want to do that because I'm so much better, you know? But sometimes I, then I'm caught with reality that man, I deny Jesus often. Yeah, that's you right. know I'm not. You know, it's a struggle. So, David, what say ye? So mine kind of falls back on that looking back at previous prophecy, and it's in Matthew chapter one, uh, starts at verse twenty-two. It was after, you know, he just quickly summarizes the genealogy of Jesus, and then how Mary was told that she was with child, even though. She was still a virgin, and uh, Joseph was getting ready to divorce her quietly, but God kind of talked him out of that. Um, And then he says, All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, talking about Isaiah. Mm -hmm. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. And the the part that I think is so cool is, uh, which means God with us. Um, And just that word, Emmanuel, has always meant a lot to me. you know, it's it uh, it gives a lot of imagery. You know, I think we've all been in situations where we're in trouble um, and or confused or, 
going through some kind of a hardship and you see just that right person that shows up and everything's okay, you know, they haven't fixed the problem yet, but you know, like, hey, I can trust this person. They're here with me. And it was kind of that 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 way with Jesus. And uh, that's why that word Emmanuel means so much to me is, you know, we all go through that where we're confused and lost and broken and hurting. But when we realize and remember, hey, God's here with me, you know, everything's not automatically fixed yet. But him being there with you, you have faith that yeah. it will be. So yeah. that's good. There's power in incarnation and mm-hmm. incarnation, the incarnational ministry of Jesus and that incarnation that continues today. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, Sammy and I were talking on the way here. There was a Gallup poll that was I, I saw it this past weekend. The only demographic of individuals who have improved during this pandemic when it comes to uh, uh, mental health are those who regularly attend church. I mean, the only demographic. And, of course, we would all assume that to be accurate before the Gallup poll, but I think the Gallup poll point, point that's something important about being with people. You know, being with people and being in church is a, a good thing for us, right? And... Uh, uh, and thinking about that, you know, this is such a challenging time in our world with the pandemic and all this that's going on around us. And David, the, the idea of God with us can be such a moving thing. You know, Jesus, he often was accused of being alone. I've been reading in John chapter 8, and Jesus' disciples have all pretty much abandoned him in John chapter 6, and he's in the in Jerusalem during the festival of tabernacles and um and he's kind of battling with the pharisees um and jesus says to him you say i'm alone he says but i'm not alone the father is with me and i'm with the father man so good so jesus is not only god in the flesh with us he's also the bridge for us and the father Mm -hmm. and we see that fully realized uh, after the, the resurrection um, there's something about being with people in there and this time being with people and then being with, with God and being we're never as alone as we often think we are. I think that's a, a, a good message for, uh, for and the other message the is that we need season. the takeaway is, is that how we're created, we're created to be interdependent. Yeah, we, which is what is so why the body of Christ is so emphasized in the new Testament. It's a, the togetherness is what brings strength. Church. So, so this is kind of a rabbit hole, but why not? Um, church throughout the New Testament is always seen as a gathering, right? It's always a gathering of people. So now today we contrast that with this idea of virtual church. And there's a lot of debate as to whether or not we can be a virtual church. Now we want and we will continue to make our stuff available online, and we want that to, to, to be there. And we understand that many people can't join us because of pandemic stuff, but there's value that, that you're just essentially missing by not being present bodily, incarnational ministry, being a part of the body. Um, um, it, it, it's crucial. Uh, you know, the parallel that I saw this weekend that I thought was really good is consider eHarmony for a second. Now, none of us um, are in e- eHarmony, and if we are, 
we got issues, <laughs> right? But consider eHarmony for a second. R- r- what if the desired outcome of eHarmony was to chat online? Would they still be a company today? No. The the desired outcome of eHarmony is always um, to to meet in person, right? Relationship. Relationship. And it's not just a virtual relationship. Physical. It is an incarnational relationship. And um, that's what the church is supposed to be, too. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I got off a rabbit hole. But I, I love that. <laughs> Emmanuel, God with us, the incarnation of Christ. That's huge. That's awesome. Thanks, David. Uh, 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 Matt. <laughs> Who are you? Matt. <laughs> tag. tag. Tag, what do you have? Go with it, Tag. So uh, mine's the most cliche verse that you could possibly imagine, but I just think I've always loved it ever, like since I was a kid. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order the world might be saved through him. And I think it plays off what David said, you know, that's one thing that Jesus did. He came to uh, to be a reminder to to be with us, and and but then also he came to to save us and yeah. and and show us you know a future that we really can't see you know. So I, I just always thought that was a, a beautiful sentiment, even when I was yeah. a kid, and still certainly you, as cliche as it is, it's still yeah. one, you know it's a nugget. Of, it's a golden nugget. It stays with you, you know. Jesus came and God gave. Exactly. I mean, there's all kinds of rabbit holes we can go down there, certainly. Which is what I talked about this weekend a little bit. God gave. You know, why did he come here? Yeah. We had a purpose. Exactly. Matt just read it. Not to condemn, right? But to save. Right. But there's also a warning attached to that as well, right? He came not to condemn, but to save. But we also see that he's coming back again, right? Sure. And that should push us to live with urgency today. Because if you decide you don't want him, then he's going to let you have what you've desired. That's right. You're going to be separated from him forever. All right. <laughs> well, I've got I've got a passage I'd like to share with you. Let's he- hear it, John. Hebrews John, what's your passage? Two. Thanks, of course. Thanks I knew for you, asking. I would have bet you would have gone to Hebrews. I love Hebrews. I know you do. Chapter 2. Verse 14, uh, it reads like this. Since, therefore, the children share in flesh and blood, that's talking about us, he himself, Jesus, likewise partook of the same things, that through death he might destroy the one who has power of death, that is the devil, and deliver all those who, through fear of death, were subject to lifelong slavery. I think that's just a great picture as to, you know, well, why did Jesus come? You know, why are you here? Why did Why did Jesus come? Couldn't God have saved a lot of issues and a lot of uh, heartache by just saving, right? But Hebrews makes it makes it clear that he He came because we're flesh and blood. He too put on flesh and blood, so that He could live just like we did, uh, so He could partake of the same things we've partaken of, and that through His death. The power of the devil, the power of the sin nature could be um, eradicated, destroyed. Which is, in according to that passage, fear. That's right. Yeah. 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 A lot of fear people are enslaved by fear. Yeah. And you talked about that this weekend as well. I did. 
A lot of us are, I'm afraid to die. I want to live. Well, what do you want to live for? Yeah. Big question. Yeah. Big question. Well, we went from light to serious. Boy, it got it got serious. <laughs> serious. <laughs> you know, that's one of the big things that I, I think we would all encourage our, our listeners to do this Christmas. While it's easy to get tied up into, you know, making cookies and gingerbread houses and bourbon balls and all that stuff. It's easy to get into the festivities of Christmas uh, to and, you know, gifts and all that stuff to forget about the true importance of Christmas. And that is God gave his son uh, not to condemn the world, but to save it. Uh, The best, you know, as cliche as this sounds, the best gift we've ever received is Emmanuel, God with us, um, living life just as us, uh, just as we did to defeat the power of the devil and and set us free. Mm -hmm. And as we go through this Christmas season, we should be aware of that and share that message with those around us. Because we live in a, a hopeless world, um, and this is a great time where people's hearts are open to the gospel. In this season, uh, people are more receptive to the gospel often. Well, I think, you know, people's emotions maybe are heightened. The yeah. sensitivity is heightened a little bit, and um, it's a great opportunity that we can't really afford to miss. In a hopeless world, we can offer hope. <clears throat> Do you all have childhood memories of that kind of thing that's stuck with you through the years at all do you do you have anything that happened as a kid with your family that you know kind of i don't know make that conjure up that those those feelings of maybe what christmas is all about do you do you have stuff like that that happened yeah my my family and and we were we were I was a teenager, so it was kind of later. But the thing that we always did starting that year, and we even still do with our family, um, you know, Stacy and I and, and Stacy's mom that lives with us, um, is there's something called the Christmas nail, and it's a big, you know, six-inch spike. Um, and it, it's got a little poem on it that talks about, you know, hide this under, uh, in, in the middle and back of your tree where nobody else will see it only you as a family will know that it's there. Um, and it kind of points to helping us remember um, that it's beautiful that Jesus came, um, and, but there was an ultimate purpose for why he came. Yeah, and and I. just, you know, it says it a lot better than I do, <laughs> That's good, obviously. Though. But it, it's just a neat tradition. Um, and uh, we always would leave the, you know, we would turn off the Christmas tree every other evening before we went to bed. But Christmas Eve, we'd leave it on sure. and we'd read that. And it, that just, that's really that still um, is something that no matter what's going on, kind of puts me right in the right mindset of, yeah, that of what it's about. Yeah. So. That's good. That's good. What about it, Courtney? Did you all do anything as a family that reminds you? Did you, did you read the Christmas story when you were young? Did your family ever do that? Well, I'm sure you did. You grew up in church. I'm sure I did. I don't, it doesn't stand out to me. I mean, Christmas Eve service was like candlelight was always pretty standard. Um, gosh. You know, what is it about a flame? Seriously, a live flame. It just flame? allows you to focus, I think. Isn't that weird? Seriously. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's almost hypnotizing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. To look into a candle flame. But you know what it does for like visual people is you have something to look at and then you're able to hear 
I think more clearly. Yeah. So hearing, yeah. So that is Maybe probably my standout memory is like Silent Night, Candlelight, reading of the Christmas story. Um, and honestly, it's not like super holy, but we would always go to Southern Lights and that was just like lots of joy to be together. And so my parents didn't shy away from like Santa Claus and cultural Christmas stuff, but they really used it as opportunity to tell us the gospel. And to be together as a family and good things, yeah. Yeah. John, what, none? You got nothing? Did you like hot chocolate or anything? Uh, yeah, <laughs> hot chocolate. Um, Is there anything you do for your girls, though? Yeah. That we do for our girls. Uh, I mean, not really Christmassy. No, yeah. I mean, we'll but, read the Christmas story. Um, th- th- our big thing, historically, of course, it's been hijacked this year, but I'm a Scrooge. I don't like Christmas time. Yada, yada. But uh, historically, uh, we have always put up the Christmas tree during November sometime. I usually try to push to after Thanksgiving. It, like the first year we were married, it was after Thanksgiving. I think the second year it got closer and closer to October. And this year it landed in October. We put up our Christmas tree the week of Halloween uh, because why not? It's 2020 and everything's off a little bit. Um, and so that's always been a fun time where we'll you know, drink eggnog and put up the Christmas tree and listen to Christmas songs and dance and stuff. And so we do that. But we did that in October this year. So it still doesn't really feel like Christmas because the tree's kind of become <coughs> just a fixture of our living room at this point. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I, I just was going to say, I found that poem here. Oh, yeah. So it could be it. said yeah. a lot better than. So it says, uh, This is the Christmas nail. It's to be hung on a sturdy branch, a branch near the trunk, a branch that will hold such a spike without being noticed by well-wishers dropping by to admire one's tinseled tree. The nail is only known to the home that hangs it, understood only by the heart that knows its significance. It's hung with this thought, that the Christmas tree but foreshadows the Christ tree, which only he could decorate for us, ornamented with nails such as this. Oh, wow. That's good. Yeah. That always that always gets me. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I think for me... Uh, I really hadn't thought about it until you asked that question. I really kind of thought back to it, but uh, my my papa on my my mom's dad, he was always pretty well in bad health most of my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he didn't talk a whole lot because uh, he really he had kind of a weaker voice at this point. Uh, so when he did talk, everybody kind of listened to him. But I, now looking back at it, just because you asked that question, I realized like the one thing that he did every year was read the Christmas story and everybody paid attention because he just had that, it was important to him Mm -hmm. and he didn't speak much, but that was one thing that he would, he would do every year was read the Christmas story to all the grandkids. And we, you know, I look, I just had that thought just now, like how important it was to him because, you know, he made a point that was when he was going to talk. Yeah. And I was like, that was pretty, pretty interesting. That's just hit me just now. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> That's really cool. You know, I think uh, I mentioned that because I think that sometimes we need to pause maybe and make a point to with our families, our kids or whomever, try to maybe establish, you know, with all the hoopla, uh, uh, maybe a moment yeah. where it's all brought into focus of what it's all about. I just think that's kind of should be a priority for Christ followers. That's my yeah. opinion. 
Yeah. And um, you know, we do stuff like that too. So it's a, it's it's good. I think it's healthy. Yeah. And maybe Absolutely. it keeps us from. You know, I, I had a very and a lot. Most people can relate to this. Um, I think. I had a lot of insecurity in my home with a family dynamic that wasn't very good growing up. But at Christmas time, uh, my grandparents always came to our house at Christmas Eve. And I don't know why, but I always it was the time that I always remember as a child feeling the most secure, yeah. safe. Mm-hmm. I don't I, – I, so it, I, my, my thoughts of Christmas go back to feeling secure and safety – and even as goofy as it sounds, that's still true today for me. I feel, as I think about what Christ did and all the things we've mentioned, I still feel now that safety in a different way, that security in a different way. But, but that was kind of foundationally laid for me as a, as a kid. When everything else is out of control, there is someone who is in control. Yeah. And I can feel safe, you know, in the midst of unsafety. So it's always a good thing. Peace. Peace, peace, yep. hope, love. <laughs> you gonna you gonna sleep Christmas Eve this year, David? I, no, I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember that's the one thing yeah. I always remember so, you said. Yeah, I, I, I never. Have, you know, my um, Christmas journey has always. When I was a kid, I was so excited about. It, I would have wanted the tree up at, in October, um, <laughs> and uh, even through college, and then you know, just some some family losses and hardships at the end of the year, and. Uh, and, and it, you know, it, it took the shine off a little bit. Um, and I still have a little bit of trouble with that, but the, the thing that never has gone away is the excitement Christmas Eve going into Christmas morning. I cannot sleep. Like I'll wake <laughs> up, you know, thinking I got a full 12 hours and, and it's like two thirty in the morning. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not exaggerating. And so like, I, you know, I'll like walk around the house, take a shower, take another shower, whatever it takes you know, to <laughs> kill time until it. Maybe that's part of the attraction for us, even in our adulthood is that it brings out that kid in you a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, yeah. I kind of like that. Yeah. You know, it's very true. Kind of neat. Very true. Well, guys, it's been fun as always. Uh, listener, thanks for tuning in. Uh, and uh, we look forward to relaunching in January because that's what we're doing. And um, so it has been said. So it has been said. So let it be done. So, so let it be done. done. Um, so, yeah, so, so uh, Merry Christmas to Merry you. Happy Christmas. New Year. Uh, we'll see you Christmas Eve. Right. Adios. Please, Bye. Peace.